This is my way to surf. Witches. We are now, all of us, facing the return of an enemy that wants nothing less but the eradication of our kind. Yes, I believe in magic. I do, I do, I do. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Forever Fangirls podcast. I am Sheila Amato and you can find me and my wife on Twitter at Forever Fanpod. And I am Kimberly Amato and you can also find us on our website foreverfangirls.com or Instagram at Forever Fanpod. We are your hosts and we're glad you can join us. As you heard from our intro, we're going to be discussing the second season of Motherland Fort Salem, which uh, initially aired on Freeform and is now currently available to rewatch on Hulu. Yes, we have a lot to cover. So here is our banter music, just in case you have not seen this and, you know, pause us so that uh, you won't be spoiled because we will have spoilers. Sorry for that hard fade in. Uh, Yeah, it was loud. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. That's all right. It's all good. (laughs) So we are talking about season two. And for those of you who don't know, it's been announced that there will be a third and final season of Motherland Fort Salem. That makes me happy and sad at the same time. Yeah, you know, it's such a a really, really good show. And I could see them going in so many different uh, directions. I mean, they could actually delve into some things uh, in regards to... I can I can't say it. Can I? <laughs> no, because you're just going to spoil. I'm and trying we're to think in, of ways to not we, say it. We are it. in a spoiler-free zone right now. So yeah, I'm no, trying no. to find ways to go around it and say it, and I can't. No, no. But anyway, but at least there's there's a final season. Yes. it'll be you know the third, and tier. hopefully it will wrap things up. But I can't wait, or maybe I can, because you know I don't want it to end. But but I want to know what happens. Anyway, like I said earlier, we have a lot to cover, so let's get started, shall we? Yes. Okay, so where were we? I'm lost in my notes here. Ah, okay, here we go. (laughs) So, uh, we actually reviewed season one in May 2020. It was one of our first episodes, so we'll have a link to that in our show notes in case you want to go back and listen to it and see if Tally was released from being a biddy, like Kimberly spoiler speculated. My spoiler speculations? Yes. Was I right? You have to listen to the episode to find out. Really? Yes, really, but not right now, because right now... We have to do an overview of season two and see if there are any more mushrooms. Mushroom, mushroom. All right, look, season two, there's a lot to cover. So we are going to try to get through the the points that stood out to us most in a rapid fire reading. I apologize in advance. Number one, first, Rael alone has the witch bomb power. Mushroom, mushroom, which comes from the mycelium, and I hope I'm saying that correctly. She can control it and wield it, and the mycelium also protects Rael when her life is in danger, so she becomes the army's most valuable weapon. Tally is released from being a biddy, like we mentioned, but because of the time she spent connected with General Alder, she discovers Nicta Baitan, a witch who was hidden from army history. Tally becomes hell-bent on finding the truth behind this. That was number two. Number three, Abigail tries to find her identity through much of the second season. And towards the end, we do find out that there's a prophecy of earth and sky cannot mix. 
And Abigail and Adil prove to be very powerful couple. She actually controls the sky. And oh, wait, he controls the earth. Yeah. What does this mean? Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so number four. Speaking of partnerships, Scylla and Anacostia form an unlikely alliance to infiltrate the very strong and powerful network of the Camarilla. Camarilla. Did I pronounce that wrong? Yes, I'm so okay. sorry. Camarilla. Um, they find that the Camarilla are killing young girls who exhibit powers in an effort to eradicate the witches. Not cool. No, not cool. Number five, Willa Rael's mom makes the ultimate sacrifice to save Rael, even when the mycelium can't. Yes, and we will talk about that later, so put a pin and in it. And the tissues that came with it. Yes. Um, number six, Rael and Scylla are reunited! Squee! <laughs> Uh, number seven, after Tally gets the truth about Nyctipatan, General Alder is actually forced to step down from the army after leading it for, what, around 300 o- years? Over 300 years, yeah, something like that. Uh, number eight, Fourth Salem gets infil- infiltrated, I can't say that word, by the Camarilla and the vice president's daughter, Penelope, who is a witch and was recruited as a cadet in the army, is infected with witch plague. So Abigail, Rael, and Tally make the difficult decision to kill her to save the other witches on the base. And then they become fugitives. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And finally, number I think this is like finally number nine, right? Yeah. yeah. Number nine, the mycelium was created by the grief of General Alder. Uh, it's where all the witches who have died go. And when General Alder dies in the attack on Fort Salem, she is returned to rest in the mycelium. But is she dead? Uh, we don't know. I'm bringing my duck emergency back because those nine points are just like, that's so scraping the surface of what happened. But yeah. those are just like the the really big bullet points we could bring up. Mm-hmm. So let's jump right into the good. There is a final season. Thank heavens. Oh my goodness. Because that cliffhanger. It would drive me crazy if yeah. we, if we couldn't figure it out. Yes. And that the creative team actually has at least, you know, that warning Mm-hmm. So that maybe there isn't a cliffhanger at the end of season three, but then again, maybe they get picked up. Yeah, you know, yeah. maybe maybe somebody else comes in, maybe Hulu or or whatever comes in and, and grabs it um, for maybe. like a movie Please. final thing would so, be great. So, someone someone from like one of those production companies. Please, anybody, yeah. Yeah. Euler, Euler, really? What we're gonna get sued? Um, so uh, I really like the development of the trio. They could have really dropped it. With the Camarilla coming in, they could have focused on a lot of other things. And even though they're all in war college and they're focusing on their individual strengths and learning about themselves as individuals, they are still this extremely powerful triad that fights as a unit. Mm -hmm. And their support and um, development of their friendships and support of one another, I thought, was stupendous. Yes. And for for those of you who have listened to our initial season one recap, we did talk about um, triangles and that strong foundation. And so, you know, as Kimberly was saying, expanding on, you know, the, the relationships and building, building that, it's fascinating to me that Abigail and Adil are part of a prophecy. I want to see how that unfolds. So we're going to, I have thoughts. So I think we should save it to my, okay. since I said it wrong once, I'm just going to continue to say it wrong, the spoiler speculation area, <laughs> instead of doing some cute, because it's a darker series, you keep pointing it out to me, yes. it's not a lot of cute in there. Yes, that's fine. Um, so let's switch that. But um, I loved Tally being a mentor 
because she didn't have one. Mm-hmm. So I really liked the development of her. I felt heartbroken for her with oh everything she went through yeah. and, and, and Penelope. And I actually called it in the beginning or middle, not even the middle, no, beginning of the season. I immediately called it when I said, why isn't the president showing up anymore? And it's always the vice president because the vice president has a thing against Alder and is doing something in the back end. And I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. I was like, he is not a good man. He was niddling your, your tickle spot. Really? Or something like that. I was going to say my spidey sense was going, but <laughs> sure. I. All right. I said that wrong. Maybe. I, I have no idea. We're just going to um, that out for you. Um, but uh, I, I liked that we got to see. And again, I know I'm, I'm focusing on this point a little bit, but I really liked how the writers took Abigail and showed her because here she is a bellwether thinking, I am a bellwether. I can do this. I am part of this witch bomb. It was us. Right. And then it turns out, it was no, Rael. it's Rael. Yeah. You're, you're not. And here are all these bellwether lines and all these great things. And she even pushes herself so far that she loses her voice. Yep. Because she lost her identity. She didn't know then who she was because everybody else was getting, you know, all of these incredible superpowers even more, right? They were they were developing their gifts. Yeah. And she couldn't quite figure out what her gift was. And I found that fascinating because all three of them, if you think about it, all three of them are in the shadow of something else. Okay, uh, Rael's mother. She's always lived in the shadow of why am I not good enough? So she's always tried to figure out what it is that she could do that would live up to that memory or make her feel worthy. When she then, you know, realizes everything else, that's a, another point of the story. But then you have Abigail. She's always been a bellwether. She's expected to excel. She, I mean, literally the entire she, first season. She embodied that too. Yes. And then this season, she's actually turning around going, wait a minute. I am not going to hand fast for five years and have kids and continue the lines. I want to find my own damn place in this world and you will wait. Mm-hmm. And everybody gets on her for that, except, except I think her, her grandmother, grandmother who's like, no, you do what you need to do. And I love that. It was like, you know what? I don't know if I can say well, this, but you know, tradition. Well, but that's what I, I liked. It was bucking the system because they, they knew the Camarilla was coming but they were so like, well, it's over there and, you know, we don't really, it's not here and we don't know what's going on. Well, and and then they're hiding it and they're trying to figure out how to deal with it and they're not quite sure. So all of the stuff is going on, but she was there. You know, when, when you experience something and Abigail is so strong and then when she experiences that, she's like, now I don't know how I can help. I don't, my, my cousin is killed and she feels that guilt because she couldn't do anything. So all of that is building up to this season and finally she finds her way. And he loves her for who she is with no quid pro quo. Yeah. She's not beholden to like give him anything or do anything. They choose each other. Yeah. And even when he comes back after the attack on the train and he says, you know, I didn't understand where you were coming from. But when you watch people that you love die. And when people that you love are in harm's way, it changes you. And then even his sister goes through the same thing when he was about to be killed. Mm -hmm. She killed someone. Yeah. Because their way was nonviolent. They were pacifists. Yes. But now, you know, when bad things are thrust upon you and you're, you're backed into a corner, sometimes like Adil said, sometimes violence is the only answer to just, move move back and get you to a safer place it reminded me of like there's a lot of places in history if you look where certain areas were trying to stay out of a war or 
they were just trying to help but be peaceful about it. And then they were attacked. Yeah. And they were thrust into the middle and the limelight of things against their will. Mm -hmm. But you have to do what is the greater good, even if you don't like it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, like I said, it's a very, very rich story. Um, So, yeah, I guess I was driving into the uh, storytelling is intricate and really weaves in real life themes. Yes. That's the really. I, I think that's why I love the series so much when, you know, when, um, when they announced, okay, it's, it's coming back, you know, mm-hmm. motherland is, is, is coming back. I was just, okay, when is it? It's Tuesdays. Okay. We have to make sure that we're home to see it and all of that good stuff. Um, some of the themes that really, really hit with me, right. Really resonated with me. Being a leader is hard. And, you know, there, there are, there are accolades that are put on leaders because of the things that they do and all of that, but it really is very hard to be a good leader. Mm-hmm. And the decisions that you make can have massive ramifications for those that that you are leading. You know, mm-hmm. it's very hard to try to make a, for for lack of a better phrase, a life or death situation or a decision when you you have you know, the sliver of information in front of you and, you and you're expected to make the decision, right? And you're supposed to stand behind that, that decision. And then someone else comes along and like, well, I would have done it differently. But they're not on the line. You know, you And are. they also might have like new information. I mean, it's, it, it reminds me of like, you made a decision when you were in your 20s or you said something in your 20s. Well, now you're in your 40s. You have more information. You have more experience. You would have handled it differently or you would have said things differently. But you've grown so much in those 20 years. It's gr- it's easy to hindsight being 2020. It's not easy when you're in that moment. Right. Uh, that's more, you know, like a personal thing. But when, when someone else is like second guessing your decision you know, because you are in that position of, of leadership. Well, I'm, I'm actually thinking of Tally questioning everything Alder did in mm. regards to Nick Batan because she has bits and pieces of the story. Yes. She doesn't know the full story. Right. And she's questioning every decision that Alder, Alder ever made without walking in Alder's shoes. Yes. And, and her speech at the end of episode 10, ta- Tally's speech to Alder when she was dying mm-hmm. and said, you know, I I never understood any of the decisions that you made, but what I understand now is the burden of what those decisions are and how you carried them all by yourself. And conversely, ah, you know that made well that whole scene was very tear jerking and yeah. But that when she's then getting on the bus and Nick Patan goes, "This is what you wanted," she's like, "What chaos?" Be like a revolution. Yeah. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, you know, because she wanted the truth, but the truth led to this. So you make a decision based on what you have in front of you, but you have to understand that what happens because of your actions may be out of your control. Right. And that's why sometimes it's so hard to make those decisions because you it's really hard to see around the bend. Mm -hmm. You can't you can't see it until you make that decision. And so, Yeah, you you never know where you end up. Even if you try to strategize, it's not easy. Where, at least for making decisions, Mm -hmm. when the trio decided to kill Penelope. When they, well, I think, was it Abigail? It was Abigail who who said, said, you know, you, you all, we all need to be in on this. We we all need to agree. agree. Yeah. 
because they were, you know, they are accountable to each other. They are mm-hmm. their unit, right? They are so, the triangle. So they they have to agree and they have to be sure that they are on the same page because otherwise you know, it's going to tear their unit apart. Mm-hmm. And for better or for worse, you know, Tally was totally destroyed by it, mm-hmm. but she knew it had to be done. Like you said, I think a little earlier, not all right decisions are easy decisions. Yeah. So can I go into the next one? James. Okay, well, I'm fine. just saying, cause we've been talking a while about it and I'm sure we could keep talking and I don't, I, there's well, so just, many good points. I know. Um, from, I know because I wrote them. Huh? <laughs> Um, the, the whole season though, you and I have, have agreed between season one and season two, it's been very, very strong female roles, but one of the things, and I know you wrote it down here, but it's also been something that's stuck with me through all of season two, considering what's going on in politics where women are losing their voices. So you have the voice of a woman being destroyed by a radical group, then twisted the narrative to then fit what they want and then used against those same women. Yeah. And that is exactly what is happening in society. Yeah. And it's, it's scary. And when I see things like this and see how they are showing you that in a different way, um, it's, it's a figurative analysis where people need the right to speak on their own behalf. Yeah. Because, you know, and we were talking about this today on our walk. You know, we're we're both women, mm-hmm. but we both have different experiences. So there are certain things that that we will never agree on. No, we won't. And that would and that's, that's what fine. makes us richer, though. Yes, that's absolutely fine. If we all had the same experiences, the world would be boring. Yeah, and who wants that? I prefer adventure. I do too. I prefer the great wide somewhere. Oh no, no, no. Anyway. Um, what song is that? I have no idea. Great one. No, this is not oh, it's Bell. It's 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 beating the beast, isn't it? Every morning, just the same. The morning, once we came. we are going to get sued. Stop it. Sorry. Anyway, we all want to be Bell. <laughs> <laughs> really and truly, uh, I want to be Anacostia because oh my gosh, she, she's awesome. She, but she's anyway, cool. <laughs> so continuing the the idea of you know women losing their voices. Um, and how the Camarilla are filled with hate. Mm-hmm. You know, and Why hate, they hate witches so much? We I, still don't know. It, just, it, it is well, what I it is, I think it's alluded to, but I don't want to make an assumption, but I believe it is, it's a little alluded to a lot. Um, but all, overall, the one thing you and I talk about a lot is that you know, if you hate something, that hate has always been a powerful word. Because mm-hmm. right? you can dislike a lot of things, but if you hate something, there's a vitriol, there's a an energy behind it. It's all encompassing. Yeah. And it just, it absorbs you mm-hmm. within it. Mm-hmm. Um, As an example, right from, from the, from the series, um, General Alder betrayed Nick to Batan. Mm-hmm. And because of that betrayal, Nick to Batan created the spree. Right. And then Alder then hid what happened to them. And use the spree as the villain, right? So that humans can focus their hate away from the army. And it's like, it's, it's, mm. it's diverting it so that they are not targeted. The army. I, I can see where you come to that. I don't see that. Okay. Like for me, because for me, Nick de Batan created the spree 
because she was so destroyed that her magic was manipulated. I don't I don't know if it was grief because if you also look at Alder, she continued doing all the stuff because of the grief of losing all the witches. So I'm I'm torn on that point. Well, they they all did what they thought was right. Yes, but I don't know if they, that came from a place of hatred as much as grief and pain. Well, I I was thinking that the humans were already afraid of the witches, and some of them hate the witches so much. And now the spree basically is like a target. Yeah, but the way you just phrased it to me, it sounded like Nick Batan created the spree because of her hatred for Alder and what no, Alder did. No, um, and I'm sorry if that that is how that came off. That's not how I meant it. Yes, I mean, the Camarilla are run on hate. Yes. I mean, you know, the rest of the world runs on Duncan, they run on hate. Ay, ay, ay. And again, I think it's alluded to, but we're not we're not given clear, or at least I, if I missed it, please let us know. But they just, God, the vice president, I, I can't get over that though. That the hatred, what he says, like he's watching the video of his daughter when they prick her with the witch plague. And he's going, well, it had to be done. And I'm like, this is your flesh and blood. I know. I, I, you called it. Mm-hmm. And I was just, a, I was aghast. Yeah. Because I cannot imagine hurting your own child. I mean, we don't have kids, but if someone hurt you, I, I would just go berserk. Well, if someone hurt any of our nieces or nephews, we'd go berserk. Um, so that really, God, that just, I wanted to reach through and hit him. Yeah, it, it was like he loved his daughter. He wanted to see her sing. And then the minute he realized she's she a wasn't witch, perfect, was like, he wanted to throw her out. Yeah. She was expendable. Absolutely. And, you know, it was his ticket to the, the presidency. Oh, yeah. To more his power. greed, his power. I'm like, oh. And oh. it's very symbolic for life right now, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. But, mo- but moving on. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, continuing with the, the Camarilla, they are, you know, taking, they're, they're actually witch hunting mm-hmm. these young girls. They're going from school to school to try to identify who has, who is a witch. And then they're, they're, Killing them. Kidnapping them and then killing them. I'm like, oh And they're doing it in front of parties. Oh my God. I mean, that was just... But, you know, that is the modern day witch hunting, right? Well, yes, but I'm saying it's just, it shows you the depth of how hate can blind you that Mm -hmm. what you're doing is absolutely despicable. Yeah. And egregious in so many ways. And the fact that there are politicians involved, there are police involved. The VPs involved. It just... It's everywhere. Hate is everywhere. So how do you fight it? You, the only way you fight it is with the most powerful force on earth. Yes, which is love. And that's the, I think we uh, quoted, we quoted in a different podcast that grief is love persevering. Oh, that was WandaVision. That was WandaVision. Very good. Um, but you know, that, that whole scene, every time that I, I saw it again today and I was just bawling where Alder's grief, you know, her love for her fellow soldiers, her family who were killed by the the Camarilla, that created the mycelium. And it's the strongest part of the witches who have died. And, you know, their collective power now is within Rael. So that is how they're going to defeat the Camarilla, through love. Yeah, and to further that, when Willa gives her life to save her daughter and they meet in the mycelium and she's like, what are you doing here? You're gone. Why do you know? 
And I mean, mind you, we had just had the scene on um, the the Halloween episode or, or whatnot when Rael was saying to the, the the spider, which I like wanted to crawl off my couch when they came out of the candle. <laughs> um, when she said, you know, they can't not come. They must show. And if, Willa didn't show. Right. Because and I immediately dead. said to you, she should know that she's not dead, but your grief blinds you from that. And right. she kept going, why couldn't, you know, why didn't she come for well, me? She didn't love me. Well, it's because, you know, right before her mother supposedly died, they had a fight. Yes. And, so, and we learn all about this. But yeah. the scene going from the mycelium and the grief, you see grief and then you see forgiveness. Yeah. When Willa tells her, I don't have much time. I love you. You've always been enough. You've been my daughter. You are amazing. You are everything I ever wanted. Yeah. You know, that was... And then when Raelle wakes up and she's going, Mom, what? Like, what is this? And then just totally breaks. Um, when we discover the mycelium won't hurt other witches. Yeah. When Raelle's looking at the little children going, I'm so sorry, because she knows as this stone is pressing on her, she's being tortured to death repeatedly. Right, because they're trying to figure out how to kill her. And they're trying to figure out what she can do. But the mycelium feels like this connective tissue throughout all of the witches through all time and it's all grief and pain and power and it's all now in bird bird yeah that's what uh abigail calls her abigail calls rael her little bird (laughs) i forgot that so you know it's all in this half witch healer yeah a fixer Mm -hmm. so anyway oh Okay, I'm all right. I'm okay. You want you want to take a moment, take a sip of water. Oh, just the emotion sometimes gets to me. So oh, okay. you and I were bawling. Um, are we good with the good? There's a lot we could discuss that I feel are good. Um, I'm just going to end my point by saying that once again, this was a. I personally believe, acting wise, writing, crew, everything. This season was stellar. Yeah. Um, let us talk about the bad, shall we? Dun, dun, dun. I was trying, I was, I was trying to <laughs> grasp at straws here. Um, season two ended in a cliffhanger. Yeah. But then again, season one did too. At least we know season three is coming. Yes. Well, we, we actually did find out at the end of season one that there would be a season two. So we were like, okay. Good. No, we had to wait a little bit. No. I remember it being like right away. No, it was like a week or so later. They they said about season three before the finale even Oh, maybe aired. I'm confusing it with a different series. Sorry. You're Never probably mind. thinking of Warrior Nun where we didn't find out for... No, we found out... We found out right away and I said, oh yeah, we can watch it now. Yeah. Now we have a podcast into the Halo. Right. Okay, so that's that's one bad for me. Mm-hmm. But it it keeps your attention. Um. I know you put here like, you know, third season is the final one and we hope it gets picked up. And, and I agree completely with those. Um, those are because even like when Winona Earp was ending, it's just like you don't want good things to end. Um, yeah, but that's what makes them good, though. It's what makes you, them good. You know that there is. There's a, well, there's a finite thing for any television series. Yeah. Um, any more bad then? No, I mean, I really can't think of anything. Okay. So this like, is normally where the cute would come in, but there's really, I mean, look, Sill and Rail are adorable, but it is a dark series. You keep reminding me. Yes. So can we just go into spoiler speculation? You can go ahead. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> when Petra turns to Abigail and says, what did I do my daughter? And she says, you took, you had an opportunity and you took it. 
And I believe Petra goes, at what cost? You know, or, and, and the world fell apart. And then Abigail, and this is the line that sticks with me because her mother, I believe, said it to her in season one. And she says it here. And if I'm wrong on this point, please let me know. But I, the line itself is so, I think, telling for next season. Better to reshape it in our image. Well, I don't remember where that was, so I'm going to have to go back. It's at the very end with the bus when Anacostia and Petra are helping them hide and uh, everybody says that Nikta is going with them and Petra's like, no, absolutely not. And then she turns the bus into this, um, the prison bus into a different type of bus. It's like, I'll I'll keep them safe. Yes, a luxury bus so that they are... Glamping. (laughs) I wasn't going to say glamping, but they're they're hidden in plain sight. Yeah. Um, But that line... I think is very telling for what is going to happen next year because the army is now in disarray. You're going to have the president and the vice president going everywhere because that video clip, and I called it, I told you that the video was going going to be used. And all of this stuff is out there. So there's going to be a huge thing of between witches, politics and humans, Mm -hmm. and it's going to get ugly real quick. And her saying better to reshape it in our image does that mean a military? Does that mean the world? What does that mean? Well, we shall see. And one final thing. You said it was final okay, thing Okay, hold on, because this just, this just ran into my brain. How did they change the witch plague so that on Penelope, she was a host and not devoured right away? Because all the other witches got devoured right away. So I think that witch plague, and especially since the guy walked out of it and went back into it, I think there's a lot more to this witch plague than we know. And part of me is like, what if it is made or created out of dead witches as well? Because the mycelium is the most powerful thing, you know, in this. Oh, the black and white. Um, yeah, dark and there. good, evil and, and good or whatever. I mean, what if it is? I'm probably wrong, but it would be fascinating if it was. Well, we shall see. Because I, I still want to know how they manipulated it to, to deal with Penelope. Because I am not sure that the Camarilla are witches at all. I mean, that's why they're... That's why they're stealing the voices. But have they figured out how to manipulate? Because they created this thing. Did they figure out how to manipulate it where every witch it devours, it absorbs? Mm. So they take their vocal cords and they can put it in that contraption they wear around their necks but or on their chest or whatever and then the witch gets absorbed or whatever you know is there a way that the energy from the witch gets absorbed into that i mean i know the bodies remain yeah but then you know the good part goes to the mycelium so i don't know but do they we know, know that we don't know that they all go there we know willow went there but that could have been because willow was redeeming herself and because she was taking it from rael and the mycelium chose willow I don't know, because what I remember from that is that the reason why she exists is because of her love for Rael, as a mother's love for her child, and that the good part is in the mycelium. So where's the bad part go? Maybe it does stay with the witch plague. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'd be really interested to see what they do with that. And if they don't cover how they manipulated the witch plague to make Penelope a host and not be killed when all we've seen is it obliterate, follow and like destroy witches very quickly. I kind of will be a little upset. Well, we'll have to wait. 
just like everybody else. <gasps> okay. Ay, ay, ay. That's my emergency dog. I, I, know, what I know. I'm sure everybody else knows too. <laughs> okay. Really? Yes. Um, all right. So are we good with our discussion then? Yeah, I, I think we need to stop because I'll keep going. Okay. So um, now that we've finished our discussion of Motherland Fort Salem season two, it is time for our Forever Fangirls rating. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Drum roll, please. All right. We rate Motherland Fort Salem season two. 4.5 stars. Yay! Yay! Um, our format was different when we covered uh, Motherland Fort Salem season one. So we weren't actually doing ratings then, but if we did rate that season, um, we would rate season one a four. Yes. So this was, um, I like this season better. I liked how they went into things. I liked how, I mean, obviously you've heard us say how we felt it was a great advancement in development of the characters in the story. Yeah. And I really, really, really love this world that Elliot Lawrence created. And I am grateful that there is a season three, but I'm also sad that it's the final season, at least on Freeform. You know, we're, we're, we keep lobbying for, for some other network to maybe hopefully pick it up. Um, Because I think the stories are so rich and the way they just, the way everything comes together, it's just so powerful to me. One way or another, I think they should continue it. Yeah. But anyway, that is our show for today. So thank you so much for joining us. And uh, frankly, I want to know, is there any point that we should have discussed that we missed that, that stuck out to you? Let us know by leaving us a voicemail via speakpipe.com forward slash forever fangirls podcast. And if you're listening to this on your cell phone, don't forget to hit that little subscribe button. And if you have a moment, just leave us a quick review and let us know what you think. And until next time, stay safe, be kind, and remember, Army and Spree came together to fight the Camarilla. We are always stronger together than apart. So let us find ways to lift each other up and we'll overcome any obstacle blocking our path. <laughs>